0: Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built for Tough. Who can say
1: is a great song If this doesn't make you feel something Something more Something grand Something where you believe That anything is possible Then I don't know if you're really alive That's what you get from this song? (laughs) Yeah What do you get from it? It sounds very uh, church This is India This is India I'm familiar with India All right. I've had some India albums. This is any business, man.
2: <laughs> I dig digging.
1: I think Enya's awesome. Heard, have you heard of Enya?
2: <laughs> yes. It's your sister.
1: Yes. And was this a request, Johnny?
2: I'm responding
0: to the will of the people.
1: <laughs> we appreciate you guys texting in your guilty pleasure Friday song request. Ramoslaw.com text line. Keep them coming. Uh, We have an extra hour on the show today, so we have more time to play good music for you guys. (laughs) Or bad music, or sissy music, depending on how you look at it. I think it's all good music. 303-713-1043. All right, so before James walked off, we got started on an interesting conversation about the goals for this season. And what should be Sean Payton's goal for this season? I know he talked about that he's you know, going to be pissed off if this isn't a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But does it really matter, Chad, if this isn't a playoff team, if the result is you find out who you got on this team? Who are your roll dogs going forward and who are the guys you need to part ways with so that you can build a culture that will be a perennial Super Bowl contender?
2: Are you saying that they could sacrifice this season from a win-loss perspective from a winning culture perspective, in efforts to figure out who they can roll with in the future, Hondo P. Okay, that's what they should have done last year with Daniel Hackett. That's what they should do with every first-year coach. Just just
1: blow it all up. No, don't blow it up. You try to. You, you, I mean, you play to win the game, right? But you also have to find out who your players are, how they'll play in your system, and you don't know until you
2: do it and give them some games to figure it out. How many games does each player get in this process? What a season! What Now, what, what, what is Sean Payton going to do this year where he is not going to be evaluating the players on the roster? Is, he, is in your process?
1: Well, like, it, like what James is talking about, bringing in a veteran wide receiver that's yep. going to be a number three you're going to pay big bucks to, or whatever. Maybe not big bucks, but you're going to bring in a guy right now in some sort of desperate move to improve this receiver room. Mm-hmm. That is an example of something that I don't think is necessary.
2: Okay, and what, but what is it about this particular group that would be different from last year when Tim Patrick went down the exact same time last year? They have more depth on in this receiver room. There was not depth last year? Somebody, it's so many of the same guys. Plus Marquez
1: Callow, uh, Calloway, plus Lil Jordan Humphrey, Okay, who know the system from New Orleans, who, who Sean Payton is familiar with. That's why they came here. Plus Marvin Mims Jr., <laughs> plus Taylor Grimes. These are additions who are good players, and you don't know how good they'll be in your system unless you put them on the field.
2: Do you see one of those guys emerging as a number
1: one or number two? Number one or number two, no, but you have the number one or number two on this team. Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy.
2: Do you see we're one of those trying. guys who could become a number three that could occasionally be a number one and number two? Considering Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy's injury history, uh, if they're gonna miss some well, games, that's, who slides in and becomes number one and number two? Because when well, we had, this is
1: the case on every team though. But yeah. when we
2: had Tim Patrick, we had three guys we thought we could rely upon. We had three guys who we thought could go out and, and, and we could execute the offense with. Now at this point, we're trying to find a replacement for Tim Patrick. Not just as a number three wide receiver, but also as the primary point of attack blocker for some of that insert stuff that we know Sean Payton's gonna want to do. We don't have we definitely don't have that guy identified who can be number three, and we don't have any the guy identified who could be the Tim Patrick blocking role. So when you are lacking a clear identifiable option other than let's see what one of these guys can do, then I think that warrants the conversation of Let's look at the veteran waiver wire. Let's see who's out there. Let's see who's on our couch who could walk in today and we know possesses these skill sets and help us today as opposed to maybe this guy by week six rounds in the form and maybe Why? he can be the guy. Why are you doing this with your arms? Because I have You're, to exaggerate your argument. This is radio, man. I have to reframe can't the things. I can see you, just, you. Yes. I have the things you just said. I got to reframe them.
1: Okay. So you are saying that as a coaching staff that implemented their vision of how to create a You know, uh, of course, every team's trying to win the Super Bowl. You start on day one when everyone reports, right? With your training, um, you know, strength and conditioning program. These guys have been at it since day one. This is three months later, and you're saying that there's a guy on the couch. That can be better than these guys I've prepared the last three months with my system. We've installed it multiple times. I've trained them with my guys. They're out there on the field with me. They're in the meeting rooms with me. They've been listening to me speak for months. And you're you're telling me they're going to say, no, none of these guys are going to work. There's a dude on his couch who's going to come in and be better. Is that not an insult to your own
2: preparation? No, it's not an insult. Or is that is that not trusting your own preparation. You've done a good job with Marcus Marquez Galloway. You've done a good job with Brandon Johnson. Jalen Virgil's gotten better. Kendall Hidden is, is number two. But you're gonna tell me Jarvis Landry doesn't walk in the door with a better skill set than a lot of those guys? With a with a better with a more experienced skill set than these guys who are who are now, you know, number four and number three on the roster?
1: I like Jarvis Landry. I think he's a tough receiver, I think he's very experienced, he's reliable, but he's gonna be your number three receiver?
2: He certainly has the experience and the track record to be able to man that position.
1: He's been injured a ton. Okay. And to me, you're building something for the future right now. You have a ton of youth with these wide receivers. You have to see what they can do. Part of the struggles I think they've had is just the lack of consistency at quarterback to get him the ball and let him prove what they have. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy has not flashed. Why is he not flashed? It's because he's not getting the ball. Sean Payton did talk about jerry judy um oh no and jerry judy spoke himself so well here is jerry judy on where he's at when it comes to learning the installation of this oh, wait, offense
2: let me guess he's gonna say he's really good with it let me guess uh, go ahead jerry Let's Judy. Let, tell
0: us jerry here we- um you know i'm just I just focus on my alignment my assignment my technique um how they want me to run a certain routes um figuring out ways um to run the routes you know and just focus on my my job and my execution um so i can master, master this offense.
1: Guess what you didn't hear him say? How good he's doing? No. Catching the football. Making plays. They're for, you know, and this is part of the process when you're learning a new offense and they're installing their thing and you're worried about alignment and assignment and the way they want you to run your routes and where you're supposed to be and the reads. This is one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is the playmaker that's going to go win you a game when you need it. The other side of the coin is a guy who's going to make a contested catch when they know what the route is, and you run it anyway, and they're in your hip pocket, and you go make a play. The other side of the coin is a dude who absolutely believes he's a beast no matter what. Why does he believe it? Because he's doing it day in and day out against some of the best corners in the world. We don't see that. And so there's frustration with the receiver group because they're not getting the opportunities to shine, Chad.
2: Coach me up on this magical wide receiver mindset that you frequently get into. It's as if, it's, if I were to say, you know what? These pass rushers aren't getting home. they got to start believing that they're the man, and they're going to suddenly get home.
1: So you you you, you, you approach this differently as someone who never tracks a football. You don't care about the ball. Actually, there's a lot of people on the f- – I caught balls. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Your job is to get to the quarterback – you're not. You're not trying to go Chad make a play Don. on the ball.
2: I play I mean, I caught balls in in, in in high school. I was I was a great tight end. I was all CIF, bro. All
1: right, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna break down to Chad. I'm gonna break down the Chad. Why there's a difference between just knowing the playbook, knowing where to line up, where 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 your route is, and uh, making an actual play on the football? They're very two. Different things, all right. We're live here from Training Camp 2023 in the Denversports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Randy Ross Tennis Tennis Center, that Randy Ross Tennis Center. Right behind us, and we thank them for their hospitality. I'm going to set Chad straight and tell him what it's like to catch a football. That's next. DenverSports.com
0: zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough.
1: Is something Everybody's in the lake. And don't you know Man, some yeah, the is on the air Thanks to Ting Internet If you live in Centennial Make Ting your Lightspeed Internet the provider for as low as $89 a month Go to Ting.com slash Centennial for more info Johnny, what were you playing there, my friend? Uh, Mr. Blue Sky by Elo It's another text line request Mr. Blue Sky by ELO on the text line. Never heard that song in my life. So thank you for uh, uh, enlightening us to some new tunes, guys. Some new tunes. All right, Chad, we got to finish this conversation we're having.
2: Yeah, I don't want to harp on it too much, but I think we should. Oh, right, let's harp. I think Anybody, it's a, does anyone have a harp? I think it's a R- very good discussion. Yeah, understanding this somehow your mindset is going to make you. A better player.
1: Well, is that not the case for you? Yeah, your mindset makes you everything in life, right? Doesn't your mindset really determine how you're going to live and how you're going to accomplish your goals and whether or not you are going to succeed?
2: But that's like my thing was like it was an overall cohesive mindset. When you talk about this wide, re- wide receiver thing, yeah. Jerry Judy needs to just think he's the man. He needs to go out and play with a dog mentality and go up and just snatch the football. Isn't that how
1: you played with the dog mentality? Didn't you think you were the man?
2: But that's how I operated all the time. Right. Right. When it came to football, that's how I rolled. It was more than just, oh, let me me try to be a dog here. You know what I
1: mean? I'm not saying, let me try to be a dog here. I'm saying be that guy every day. And the only way you can be that guy every day as a receiver is if someone throws you the ball. Mm -hmm. You can't do it alone. You get to line up every play and know that your assignment is to beat that guy. And that's all you got to do. It's not dependent on something coming to you, something get thrown to you to complete the act. As a, as a receiver, you have to get thrown that ball to complete the act. The reception has two parts to it as a receiver. This is what I've kind of broken down. There's the route and there's the catch. The minute the ball is thrown, the route is over. Now the catch is on. And and the catch, the action of the catch, has its own specific skill set. How quickly do you react to the ball in flight? I could have a DB on my hip who's a way better athlete than me and, and a lot faster. But if I see the ball first and react to it first, I get him behind me and I catch the ball. He never gets leverage on me. I can I can use my body position to block him out because I am acting on the catch and adjusting to the ball faster than he does. Um, Catching it at his highest point, going up and grabbing that thing. Um, That's something that happens from doing it over and over. There's a timing aspect to that. You know, you see guys jump at the wrong time all the time and and either over jump the ball or jump when they don't have to and it hits them in the belly. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're not used to it. You have to do this stuff every single day and for Russell Wilson... You have to give these guys opportunities to make plays every day. You're not just going to show up on Sunday and be making spectacular catches if you're not doing it
2: at practice. So what does Russell Wilson need to do differently to release this inner dog? Throw
1: them the ball. Every single play, you throw the ball. Every time it's a pass play, you throw it. No scrambling? No. No, don't get out and run. I don't want to see it, Russell, today. I don't want to see you run not one time. Okay, if you get sacked, you get sacked. Sidestep the rush; they're not going to hit you and throw the ball. Deliver the ball. Let's get these guys going because these receivers have not been going. And and I've been in a receiver room that gets has a bad day against the DBs. You go in and watch it. Not only are you seeing them making plays on you, but you're also seeing them hooting and hollering. And then you got to go in the locker room and they snicker at you when they walk by you, right? <laughs> and then you go those. out onto the field the next I love day, those times. Uh-huh. and they're like, "We're going to get you again. Yep. We're going to get you again. Get ready." So. So at what point do you start to push back? And how do you push back if the ball never comes to you?
2: (sighs) Okay. So Russell Wilson needs to just throw them the ball, trust them more, allow them to go up and make plays. And that's going to release this inner dog, raise your level of confidence, and then make them that connection between them and Russ better. Is this, am I getting all this correct? Yes, yes,
1: because the connection is important, too. and You mentioned that, the connection between a quarterback and his receiver. I need to know your tendencies as a quarterback as well. I need to know how you throw the ball, where you throw it, what the spin is like, the trajectory when you're rolling right. When you're rolling left, Um, when you're in the pocket, when you're doing a back shoulder throw to me, is it on a line or are you putting some air? Like, I need to know your body language and the way the ball comes out of your hand. To the point where, you know, I was telling you about like reacting to the throw. If you get really, really good at judging the ball in flight, you look back and see the quarterback. You can tell by the way he's about to release the ball where it's going to come down before it even ever leaves his hand. Mm -hmm. So you're already. Adjusting to the ball before it even leaves the hand but that takes an advanced level of understanding of the guy who's throwing it to you and if you're not playing pitch and catch enough then that little that information is not there for you and so the connection isn't as good Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey they are tens of thousands maybe hundreds of thousands of reps ahead of you you know you remember a couple years ago in that playoff game against the Bengals when the the, or it was the Bills the Bills the Bills 17 well, the, seconds. 17 seconds, right? The the play call in the huddle, Travis said, I'm not doing that. No, yep, I'm going to get open. And, and Patrick said, all right. And he stepped to the line of scrimmage, and he looked at him, he's like, yep, yep, I know what you're doing, because I can see what you see. Mm-hmm. We're on the same page. I don't think you can tell me that these guys are on the same page. Now, part of that is because it's a new system. But there's certain things about football that don't change if you get a new system. Like, a slant is a slant. A go is a go. An out is an out. So... These guys have been playing for a couple years now, and I think that's why you know the loss of Tim Patrick really does hurt because they had some camaraderie. They had some connection budding. But that's a reason why I want to keep these guys. Oop, somebody getting pulled up. Illegal U-turn. Okay, again, I need to reiterate to you guys. If you're coming down to training camp and you're rolling down Peoria, which turns into Broncos Parkway, and you come up to the light at Potomac, and you think you're going to bust a quick U-turn and get into the parking lot over there, there are cops waiting for you. Yeah, so don't do it unless you want practice to go really poorly for you. As Cecil Lamy walks by us with a green Gatorade, and he's ready to go.
2: He's got his uh, Bronco-colored Jordans on. Can't
1: can't lose in these Jordans. <laughs> you see Skip Bayless ever post those photos where he's wearing his Jordans, and he's like, I can't lose in these Jordans.
2: I had some undefeated Jordans. I would only wear it to games I knew we couldn't win because I wanted to keep them undefeated.
1: I want to ask you a question. And this is unrelated to the conversation we we're having. Okay. It's about the gambling policy. All right. I'm going to simulate a conversation with you, and I want to tell you to tell me if it's a if violation of the policy. Okay. All right. A player. Um. One of, one of these guys in this conversation is an NFL wide receiver. One of those guys is his buddies. Doesn't play in the NFL. Hey man, what's up? What's up, bro? Um. You're going to be. The, I'm going to do it all. Okay. Sorry. Just so you can just, just listen. Okay. okay. Hey man, what's up? What's up? I'm chilling. Are you excited for the game? No, nah, not really. Why not? You had two touchdowns last week. Man, coach has been messing with me. I'm not really in the game plan for some reason. Oh, for real? That's not what Vegas says. They got your over-under at 85 yards and one touchdown. Well, Vegas is tripping. you saying I should hit the under? What do you think I'm saying? <laughs> is that a violation of the gambling policy?
2: There's a very slippery slope with this stuff. Once. The under part, the part of the conversation, yes, the first part about, you know, venting to your buddy or your boy about your involvement in the game plan, nope, I'm good with that. But once we started deciding overs and unders, uh, you've entered into some very dangerous territory.
1: How is the NFL going to police this? This They can't. They can't. They can't go that far. This is the most slippery slope, man. Like, if I'm Jerry, I was not kidding earlier when I was talking about Jerry Judy. If, if I'm Jerry Judy and I'm seeing, like, all these guys should be betting, should theoretically be betting the under on themselves for pass receiving yards <laughs> in this offense. They should be betting on Russell's under, they, 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 and they know this, man.
2: Maybe they shouldn't be betting at all. How about that?
1: No, I agree. Okay. But what I'm saying is this is human nature, man. Right. And you're going to be having conversations with friends. You're going to see it. Every time you turn on the TV, there it is. Five gambling partners that the NFL has, to my knowledge. Maybe more now. I mean, th- this is going to be an ugly monster, and it's going to eat
2: this. How much money would your friend, y- y- your boy, have to have wagered for you? Let's say the Broncos game is decided, and the Broncos are going to win 38-10. to Whoever we're playing, uh, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers off the field, they recognize, hey, we can't win this game. And you're on the field. And if you catch this pass, this will take you from under to over, oh, right? And you know your boy put five grand, ten grand, twenty grand on that, and he bet the he bet the under. Oops! And You have a chance. Oh, my bad, coach. You have a chance to either catch this ball. My bad, coach. For, for your benefit, or drop it for your boy's benefit. What is your dollar amount that begins to influence you whether you catch that football?
1: Again, that depends on how much money you're making, right? As a player, you know uh, where where you're at in your career, and um, I personally would catch the ball every time. Yes, I can't. I can't drop the ball. I, I, I don't have that in me. Okay, to be able to say oh, I'm going to drop a pass on purpose. Like right. like if you threw me the ball right, if you threw a pass out in the street right now and there was a truck coming, I would have to go try to catch it. I, I could not pull myself away from that. And you know if I we were in a in a tall building and there was a window there and you threw it at the window, I would I would have to chase that ball, Chad. But that's in my DNA,
2: like the poodle and uh, there's something about Mary? Yes, out the window. Yes. Okay. I have no choice.
1: <laughs> okay. If you ever want to kill me. Throw a pass in front of a truck, Chad.
2: <laughs> You're going for. I love it. I have to, but uh, that's that, that, that's me. Very Pavlovian response. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I can't help it. But I know there's a lot of players who don't feel the same way about football that I did, and the way I talk about catching the ball, Chad, is because I feel that way about the football. But I but I know that works that mentality because if 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 I'm willing to die to make a catch right now out on the street, I will do the same thing on a football field and that's what I want to instill into Jerry Judy, Corlin, Sutton and every single player on that roster and the only way you do it is if you throw them the ball and figure out if they have that dog in them, or as Cecil Lammy calls it, my ball mentality. My ball. my ball! We're here live from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone thanks to our friends from Con Construction, a commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design build projects for over three decades. That's Kahn, K-A-H-N, construction.com. All right, Sean Payton gave a small update on the kicker competition. Also, DeMarcus Ware sang the national anthem at the Hall of Fame game last night. We're going to do that and more in the morning mixtape, Johnny. Ah, Next.
0: The Players Club welcomes you into the morning mixtape with a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Orlando, Chad, and Nate.
1: Sean Payton with a small update on the uh, ever-exciting kicker competition on uh, doing drills to try and simulate pressure and stress for Brett Maher and Elliott Fry.
0: Yeah, there'll be those those times. I mean, look, that, that was a field goal PAT and field goal block drill. There'll, there'll be times where we'll send them out there. Two minutes goes in tomorrow, you know, so game winner. We'll create some more competitive periods. That This is really more for the timing, and then just seeing how they strike the ball
1: seeing how they strike the ball seeing how they compete but creating some opportunities that makes them maybe maybe makes their heart beat a little faster with the kickers because it's one thing to have your assignment and your technique down but it's another to make the play right Jeff?
2: yeah uh, and kicking is about being able to perform in critical crunch situations uh, you know your field goal in the first quarter doesn't feel as as important and as pressure packed as the one in the fourth quarter so I've always found it great when coaches would put those kickers in those situations which typically then gave the rest of the team a pretty good view of the kicking competition and who you could be confident in. when we did those drills in New England I was confident. Adam is about to kill this. It is right down the middle. This is what this guy does. Is he the most reliable kicker of all time? He may be the most clutch kicker yeah. of all time. Yeah. And then, you know, there were times in Seattle where we had some kickers, and I was like, oh, that's it. We're, we're, gonna, we're not going to win. Who and who were those kickers? I'm remember? not going to say any names. We're not going to win, though. Okay. And so that was discouraging, and I knew that coming out of training camp. Whenever we did one of those pressure-packed moments, they allowed the defense and the offenses to be right around the kicker and yelling and screaming at him, and the pressure would get to him. Pressure busts the pipe. Pressure makes some people crumble, and some of these kickers are not built for those moments. So there's this Broncos team and Sean Payton needs to figure out who those guys are and who can withstand that pressure by doing those kind of pressure-packed, last-moment, game-winner drills.
1: What would you say to a kicker to make sure he misses the kick?
2: Ah, uh, I didn't, you know. I, I, you I, I, suck! No, I didn't do that. I wasn't that guy. But there was plenty of other guys who were literally yelling at them, saying things about their moms and their wives. Okay. Anything they could to throw that kicker off. And that was encouraged. <laughs> By some of the coaches because we want to put this guy in as okay. awful a situation as he could be in and see if he can block out the noise, literally, and execute his job.
1: I found that it's pretty effective if you just look him in the eyes and say, I guarantee you're going to miss this kick. Ooh, that's I, strong. I promise you, you're going to miss that it. That is strong. And they're like, really? I'm going to? Then shake. Shake you very much. Alright, so. Shankopotamus. Um, yeah, Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Um, Brett Maher. Here he is talking about why he actually enjoys the pressure. Yeah, I enjoy having one play that kind of decides the fate of, you know, 60 minutes of football, and it's, you know, it's kind of a... We fly under the radar a lot until you're in that, that one moment, and, and you've got to you got to kind of embrace that and, and understand what that situation is and be able to control your nerves, be able to control um, what you can and not let the outside situation um, dictate it and figure out how you can use that to your advantage, maybe get a little adrenaline, get a little extra juice going that way and, and kind of get, get focused that way. I absolutely love that from Brett Marr that he feels comfortable with one play that decides sixty minutes of football, that he didn't play it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it it is such an anomalous lifestyle for a kicker. He's not playing football. He's not running. He's not hitting. He's not tackling. He's not blocking. He's not doing any of the football stuff. He is a, he is separate from that. But he decides the fate of the game. What did you think from Brett Maher the way he described that moment? I
2: thought that was a great description and a great mindset to have. Uh, whether he's just saying that or actually believes it. Uh, We will find out during some of these pressure-packed moments in training camp when coaches set those drills up. But I think you need a guy who's able to at least espouse that line of thinking. That pressure is going to make me better because uh, not everybody is able to withstand the pressure. Not everybody can rise in those moments. And you want, again, a kicker with ice in his veins who, when the moment comes, when he jogs on the field, everybody on the sideline and everybody in the stadium knows this dude's about to kill it.
1: We are searching for our Adam Vinatieri here. Maybe Brett Maher can be that guy. Hit it, Johnny. (laughs) All right, DeMarcus Ware sang the national anthem last night at the Hall of Fame game. Ware said that the reason he sang the anthem was because he and Demarius Thomas would sing the national anthem before every game, and he knew DT would be out there with him. And if he didn't catch it, here's what some of it sounded like. (laughs) Piano accompaniment there, I think that uh, they took a little bit away from Demarcus Ware's voice. Um, but um, who would have thought the dude is, is a beast on the field and he has as a voice like that?
2: I will say Demarcus Ware is not a professional singer. I think that whoa, whoa, whoa. The sentiments whoa. behind what he was doing was awesome. To know DT was out there with him to you know replicate that moment he and DT sing the national anthem before games—that's a beautiful sim. I give Demarcus Ware. Massive tip of the cap. I give him kudos. I admire the courage, the moxie to get up there and do that. I don't think he's going to be on the Broadway stage singing anytime soon. And there's been some football players who've transitioned into singing and stage work. I don't necessarily think that's into DeMarcus Ware's future based on that sample we got there. But I admire the courage. Could I do that? Could I pull it? No, I'm too shy to sing on this show, much less the Hall of Fame game on a national stage like that. So he's got a skill set that I don't possess. But at the same time, I think it's fair to say when I first saw him, I thought, oh, I didn't know DeMarcus Ware could sing. Yeah. And then when he finished, I thought, well, DeMarcus Ware really can't sing. <laughs> but I admire his courage. I admire his moxie. The tone of his voice
1: is good. He just has some decisions that are very, you know, he's, he's not experienced.
2: Right. He's not and professional realm. singer. And, they also
1: and that's drew, okay. They also drew it out and made it very long. I think,
2: I think they wanted to do that on purpose to make right. him comfortable with the pace of it so you wouldn't have to rush through it.
1: Like, they do the over and under for the length of time it'll take for the, you know, for, for National Anthem at the Super Bowl. And it's typically like around 2 minutes 202 that was like 234 yeah he blasted through that man Marvin Gaye went almost like 5 minutes did he yeah Man, I mean, like, that's a really, it's not an easy song to sing, first of all, because no. it, it starts like, it, it it ranges. It's like starts low, goes really up high at the end there. So uh, kudos to DeMarcus Ware. Absolutely. Getting out there and singing that national anthem. Cross that off the bucket list. And also, he's getting inducted. So what a weekend for DeMarcus Ware. All right, guys. Our, broadcasting, our broadcast from Training Camp 2023 is powered by this beautiful Ford F one fifty Lightning, all electric, built for tough. It's to the right of us here and it's powering this whole operation. Sean Payton gave us some news yesterday that will no doubt spark some debate. A week from now, when the preseason games start, we're gonna talk about who he was talking about and, and if that person's gonna play in the preseason. That's next.
0: Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built for top The Opens up one eager eye. Focusing it on the sky.
1: 99 99 balloons if you're doing the German version. Oh, great track. What was
2: the 80s? 80s? Yeah. 80s, yeah. I thought she was really hot
1: when I was a kid. What about now? Are you over? I haven't seen her recently. I have no idea. You, don't, you didn't keep in touch?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had no connection to Germany when I was 12.
1: Have you ever been to Germany?
2: No, no, you have I have. I football there. Yes, good for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good for you. Good for you, Chad. <laughs> Good for you! All right, that's um, what you say when you're not sure what else to say. Yeah, good for you, man. Go! I bet that was, was fun. Was, it was fun, Chad. <laughs> it was fun. The
1: fans in the stands didn't understand the game, so they cheered at weird times. But other than that, it was a great experience in Dusseldorf, Germany, playing for the Ryan Fire, and uh, Pete Kaharchek, who was our head coach. Ooh. It was one of the actually more brutal training camps I've ever been involved with. and It was in Tampa, Florida. So all the NFL Europe teams had been, gone down there, and we were all staying in these different hotels. Um, but um, two-a-days, full pads, just beating the crap out of each other for a month oh. before we took off for Germany. No preseason games, right? No, we scrimmaged. We had a couple scrimmages okay. there in Tampa. Wow! Before heading over, uh, heading across the pond. So, um, and that was in the off season. That was in March, April, May, and then back, back at it. And I flew back, and I was right back into minicamps. And we had just signed Champ Bailey, so I went from the Ryan Fire DBs to <laughs> Champ Bailey. There was, was a difference. Little, bit, little
2: bit of a difference. Okay, a little think bit so. of a
1: difference yes. there. Hey, Stokely. Hey. Little yes. difference, not 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 a huge difference, uh, but a little difference. Enjoy practice, Brandon. You look great, color coordinated and ready for the golf course as usual. All right, preseason football has started, Chad.
2: Yep, Hall of Fame game In, last night. Did you
1: check any of that out? Uh,
2: I caught a little bit of the highlights, but did not watch it live.
1: Okay. Well, um, I'll I'll give you a little recap of it give if it you're interested. Me. Yes. The Cleveland Browns did win 21-16 to over the Jets. Nathaniel Hackett's Jets, Robert Sala's Jets, Aaron Rodgers' Jets look to be under a microscope this year. Obviously, they're doing hard knocks. And so the whole dust-up with Sean Payton and the war, the war of words that existed, that's going to be on the show and, of course, this Hall of Fame game. And you figure Nathaniel Hackett's going to be a major storyline there and his bromance with Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers didn't play last night. Zach Wilson got the start, went 3-5 of five for 65 yards. Pretty much all those yards were on on one big pass play down the field to um, Malik Taylor, one catch for 57 yards. But uh, they were able to put up 16 points in the first half there, the Jets were, which was the Broncos' average per game last year. Um, Do you think Nathaniel Hackett's going to have some success there?
2: I think the pairing of he and Aaron Rodgers is is a successful duo. So I, I can't imagine them not. The Jets have a good enough football team around those guys. Last year they were all they were only missing a the quarterback. They got good talent defensively. They got some talent at the wide receiver spots. They've got some running back talent as well. So the, the Jets were literally just a quarterback away. So to bring in Aaron Rodgers and bring in his you know of sorts and, and Nathaniel Hackett, get those two guys together, they will be successful. I have no doubt about that. I love Nathaniel
1: Hackett. <laughs> clearly, Aaron, clearly. Um, all right, so the Broncos' first preseason game is going to be next Friday, actually a week from today, against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. The, the next preseason game after that is going to be against the 49ers on August 19th. Um, eight days from that Friday game, so that'll be a Saturday game. And then a week from that, they'll play the Rams in the last preseason game. So you Finally got, at home. Finally at home. So yes. you're on the road in Arizona. You're on the road In San Francisco, you're at home against the Rams that last game, the third preseason game, figured to have not a lot of action from the Rams starters, at least. What do you expect to see
2: with Sean Payton's approach to preseason?
1: Different from Nathaniel Hackett's?
2: I think so. Definitely different. He's already talked about Javante Williams playing in the preseason. He hedged his bets and said, you know, maybe in, in week two we'll get that going, not start him off in week one. But the starters will play. At least most of the starters, is my estimation, will play. That itself will be a a massive departure from what Nathaniel Hackett did last year. We've already seen them working on tackling drills at practice. So you know there's a difference because this team did no starters in the preseason, and they didn't do any discernible tackling drills last year with Nathaniel Hackett. So I'd imagine the approach that we have anticipated, a more physical approach, a more urgent approach, guys playing in preseason games, is going to play out. Um, and even for somebody like Russell Wilson, I think Coach Payton is going to want to see him in preseason action as well.
1: How did you view preseason as a player, especially as you got um, on in age and maybe your body wasn't feeling as good, but you valued the work?
2: What did you? How did you look at preseason? Did you want to play? I absolutely wanted to play in the preseason. I didn't want to be out there, uh, you know, that third preseason game when you and I were in the league that was a game where you played the entire first half and then came out in the second in the, in the, the first series of the second half i hated that one but outside of that I thought it was a great opportunity for me to keep my sword sharp, a great opportunity for me to take some of the things I've tried to work on in the offseason and put them into action in in a full-speed game. So I saw the preseason as critical to my success, and particularly being able to start the season fast in Game 1. I didn't love it all, and sometimes they were hard because, you know, developing that football shape, no matter how much conditioning you do, no matter how hard you work in practice, that first 17-play drive, defensively, oh,
1: yeah. it'll wear you out. Yeah. It is hard.
2: Yeah. But once you get that in, then, okay, now, Coach, I've gotten it in. I've rushed the quarterback. I've stopped the run. I've done some short yardage. We've done some red zone. I'm cool. Let's get me out of this thing. Let me get me ready for week one. Yeah, I think most
1: guys feel the same way. I, I Last year was difficult for a variety of reasons for us to kind of analyze and evaluate what we were seeing. But from my experience as well, I, I really needed to be in those preseason games, too. I, I had to prove You know that I belonged on the team. I had to prove myself in game situations because there's a lot of there's a lot of simulations. Well, you can't simulate a game situation in practice one hundred percent. There's there's things you can get close on, but there's you know just how are you going to act when you catch the ball? Are you going to be tough to bring to the ground? Um, You know, are you going to as a running back? It's just night and day between. Tra- training camp practice, even when it's physical, and actually being out there in preseason. A quarterback, for example. How's your quarterback going to react to actual pressure, to actual, the actual threat of being tackled and not be wearing a red jersey and have everyone avoid you? Um, and I always had to be out there to, be, to prove that I you know could make the team. So there's guys out here, you need to know what they can do in a game situation. In your experience, Chad, were there guys, you know, you hear about, oh, this guy's great when the lights come on. Was there ever a guy who's bad at practice but good in games?
2: Mike Cliss asked me this the other day when I was at practice and I had some chance to think about it. You know, all the players who I saw as great players, they were great practice players. Rod Woodson, Dermani Dawson, uh, maybe Cortez Kennedy, because Cortez was a defensive lineman, and there was a bit of a, we'll call it lazy streak, but he certainly could turn on in games. Not that he was a bad practice player, he just was a bit lazy, as some defensive linemen can be. Um, But Walter Jones was a tremendous practice player, so he was a tremendous game player and he ends up being a Hall of Famer. So all these Hall of Fame guys, all these borderline Hall of Fame guys that I played with, they all showed up every day in practice. They recognized how important it was. So, yeah, I'd have to... Think about the, what, 15 guys who are Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Very, Very Good that I played with in my career. And I can think of one example, Cortez, being the one guy who didn't show up to practice every single day trying to find a way to get better.
1: I agree with you 100%, man. It's like you you practice how you're going to play. Yep. Uh, and th- the lights should always be on. Right? Right. Every, at every moment. So, yeah, t- t- I've, I, I've never played with a guy who sucked at practice and just all of a sudden was great in the games. Now, there's maybe a guy who, like, makes a, a, a step that you didn't see him do at practice, but that's because of the, the play gets extended in a game. And there's moments like running after the catch and, you know, a running back running the ball and a quarterback who can't simulate that in a game or, or in a practice. But for the most part... The way you practice is the way you're going to play, and that's why I'm I'm advocating for these receivers to get more opportunities to make plays. Because if they don't do it in practice, they're not going to do it in the game. <laughs> All right, we're here live from Training Camp 2023, the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, a commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design build projects for over three decades. That's Con K A H N Construction. All right, so we have heard Javante Williams is going to play in preseason games, and we think most of these guys probably will. But, Chad, is there someone who you don't think should play at all in preseason for these Denver Broncos? I'm going to ask you that next.